Okay, I know I'm not supposed to rip on high school kids, but uh, this high school senior just finished high school. Paxton Smith is her name, 18 years old, and I'm going to give her a hard time because I think, quite frankly, she's asking for it. She just graduated. She made a highly political, controversial speech at her high school graduation, which is supposed to be for everybody, but no, and she's being embraced by the liberal media and much of the culture in this country because she came out as very pro-abortion and against a controversial law, new law in Texas. I'll get to that in a moment, but first, it was all about Paxton. Her favorite teacher got up and spoke about her and what a wonderful person she is, and I'm sure she is for about 10 minutes, but I think she blew it when it came to this speech. Uh, it was supposed to be about, well, something appropriate for graduation. She decided to go in another direction. Recently, the heartbeat bill was passed in Texas. Starting in September, there will be a ban on abortions after six weeks of pregnancy, regardless of whether the pregnancy was a result of rape or incest. Six weeks. That's all women get. And so before they realize, most of them don't realize that they're pregnant by six weeks. So before they have a chance to decide if they are emotionally, physically, and financially stable enough to carry out a full-term pregnancy, before they have the chance to decide if they can take on the responsibility of bringing another human being into the world, that decision is made for them by a stranger. Lots of decisions are made uh, by strangers. Laws often are made by strangers. Laws that say don't kill anybody are made by strangers. Anyway, she's making her point. She's having her moment. Um, and if you agree with her, maybe she's making sense. Then she gets a little bit hysterical. I cannot give up this platform to promote complacency and peace when there is a war on my body and a war on my rights. A war on the rights of your mothers. A war on the rights of your sisters. A war on the rights of your daughters. We cannot stay silent. See what I mean? Now, by the way, this new law says uh, if there is a heartbeat, no abortion. If a heartbeat is detectable, no abortion is allowed. Okay, she was applauded big time. Let's start with Hillary Clinton. Smith, who only told her parents about what she had planned, says she was shocked by the positive reaction from the room and beyond. Hillary Clinton tweeting, this took guts. Thank you for not staying silent, Paxton. All right, number one, this did not take guts. Everyone's hailing how brave this young woman is. I want to show you where she lives, okay, in Dallas, Texas. That is a bright blue county in the middle of a lot of red. All right? This was not, she didn't go out on a limb, okay? She's gotten like two nasty emails. Uh, that's it, uh, criticizing her what she said. Um, but the media, they love it. And they're driving this whole she's so brave thing. Really, they just agree with her about abortion. A young woman in Texas who showed more bravery than we see from our elected representatives these days. Her name is Paxton Smith. At that age, to step out on that platform, on that issue, um, uh, watching it back, uh, she did, um, you could tell it was emotional, that it wasn't just something political, very personal. Wow, what a powerful voice, brave one at that to do that. Whether, you know, however you, you know, whatever side you side yeah. on, 
really, takes really guts. Yeah, takes guts for her to do that. I would have been so proud to be this girl's mother standing there applauding what she did. I absolutely think this is everything you hope for in our young people. All right, this is our culture. It's got everything they want. Um, Pro-choice and a viral moment. And the plaudits continue from magazines. Let's go. Vogue magazine thinks this person should be, uh, well, she's a hero. Uh, they go on. They say that she's going to be president someday. And uh, this is from the Houston Chronicle. Uh, ooh, she stood up for women everywhere. No, not everywhere. Not everybody agrees that abortion is good, that it's right. Not everybody does. And it's okay to have that opinion. You know who shows bravery these days? Christians, Christians who are pro-life and against abortion. There are two high school graduating seniors that you're not going to hear about much in the media. I want to show you what they propose to say at their special event. This is from Savannah Leffler, and she's at uh, John Glenn High School in Westland, Michigan. He rose from the dead three days later, thus vindicating his holiness and divinity. This allows us to fulfill our purpose in glorifying God because we can now stand before him blameless if we repent and trust in Christ and his finished work. Then there was this from Elizabeth Turner, a senior at Hillsdale College in Hillsdale, Michigan. My future hope is found in my relationship with Christ. By trusting in him and choosing to live a life dedicated to bringing his kingdom glory, I can be confident that I am living a life with purpose and meaning. These are dangerous statements in today's culture, in today's corrupt culture. These two young women were prevented from delivering those messages. They submitted those messages ahead of time and they were vetoed. Not inclusive enough. Try again. Try again. And you know who else is brave today? Governor Abbott of Texas signing this into legislation when people these days are trying to cancel not only um, individuals, but entire states. You know what's going on in Georgia. All right. Back to uh, Paxton Smith. One more time. For Paxton, this is all about her, her ambition, her dreams. I have dreams and hopes and ambitions. Every girl graduating today does. And we have spent our entire lives working towards our future. And without our input and without our consent, our control over that future has been stripped away from us. From first grade to 12th grade, they've been hard at work. Um, there are things more important than your dreams and your ambitions or what you think are your dreams. And that is the life, in my opinion, of the unborn. And my opinion has evolved over the years and it has solidified very recently. I now have a daughter, her name is Annalise, and we played peekaboo not too long ago. Peekaboo, 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 peekaboo. You got to admit, she's pretty good with, I, I was surprised at how rapidly she could raise that little blanket. Well, I've got some news. Annalise, in about six months, is going to have a sister. That heartbeat, if it exists, you can't. You can't stop that. And I think it's good that there's a law against that. Here's another picture of our 
future baby, Annalise's sister, my wife's daughter, my daughter. She's a little bit camera shy. Good thing our unborn child is not as camera shy. So, all right, nice try, Paxton Smith. Part of the conversation, not as brave as they are saying, but um, I think we're even now. I'll be right back. Recently, Facebook announced it will review its ban on former President Trump in six months. And Newsmax wants to know what you think. Should Facebook let Trump back on? You can vote in our poll, and it takes just a minute to vote. So just text us and register your vote now. We'll show your results on Newsmax TV, Newsmax.com, and with millions of Americans who want to know. Newsmax is real news for real people. Have you checked out the Newsmax Daily Podcast with me, Rob Carson? You get daily news, insightful commentary, and believe it or not, comedy. Check it out wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or at NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast. All I can say is, is that, that the, the fake, fake news just doesn't get, get it, do they? And the fake news, they are swooning. They are so happy about this uh, new Oprah Prince Harry TV show on Apple TV. Remember a few weeks ago, Oprah sat down with Meghan and Harry. It was on regular TV. It was free. It was all just a big tease to get you to sign up for Apple TV because they have this new ridiculous series, executive produced and hosted by Oprah and Prince Harry, about mental health. Um, I'm all for mental health, and people should get the help they want. But, well, take a look first. All over the world, people are in some kind of mental, psychological, emotional pain. What words have you heard around mental health? Crazy? Lost it. Can't keep it together. With that stigma of being labeled the other, the telling of the story, being able to say, this is what happened to me, is crucial. See, I write stories. I write them on my arm. Only I can read them, but the doctor calls it self-harm. So can somebody tell me it's okay not to be okay and do not tell me quietly because mental health matters and that's the reality. Half of the show they're saying there should be no stigma around mental health issues. No stigma, no stigma. We got to get rid of the stigma. There hasn't been a stigma around mental health issues for a long, long time. Everybody gets down to the dumps and can be far more serious than that. And hey, I've been there saw a therapist or two. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's tough out there. And uh, help, fortunately, is available. I just think they overdid the stigma thing. And there was a lot of wallowing. And something else peculiar happened, but let me show you this first. To make that decision to receive help is not a sign of weakness. In today's world, more than ever, it is a sign of strength. People that acknowledge their mental health struggles, they're really like superheroes. I just frozen, I just... In front of us is a human being who's suffering. Treating people with dignity is the first act. I think it's our natural state to be connected. Oh, boy. Remember these two? Um, all right. So what's the deal here? They just wallow 
They are just telling their tales of woe. This happened to me. This makes me different. This makes me special. Um, I think it's very counterproductive. There, I'm sorry. I said I've been to a therapist or two or six, okay? All right. Here's what's lacking in this show. They spent all this money. The best producers, directors, Oprah, Prince Harry, doesn't get more famous than that, right? It's horrendously boring, by the way. They don't talk about God. They don't talk about the Bible. And as I mentioned earlier, that has been stigmatized. If you want to talk about stigma, take any pill you want. There's no stigma in that anymore. God, talking about Jesus, the Bible, those things have been stigmatized. And unfortunately, unfortunately so, because I think that could be the solution to all of their problems. That's just me. It's an opinion show. All right, I got to tell you about this. Uh, Barack Obama is uh, hanging out in the neighborhood. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> he is looking pretty smug there, isn't he? Uh, the smugness goes with him wherever he goes. Hey, guys. So how y'all doing today? A couple weeks ago, I called up Coach because I was hearing about all the great stuff that you guys were doing in the program. So he said, sometime you need to come by and say hi. So I like to keep my promise. Ha! He speaks a certain way with certain audiences. Ever notice that? And by the way, <laughs> he's all about breaking promises. Now that the Obama Presidential Center is coming, that is going to be a tremendous honor for all the people in the community and our young people. It's my responsibility to make sure that once the library is up, that every young person in our program steps foot into the library because someone out of our group could be the next, next president of the United States. I'm going to be looking forward to, to maybe coming by and, and seeing some of your team members, but uh, <laughs> that, that would be fun. The coach is great, by the way. His name is Ernest, and uh, he's terrific. But remember Ebonics? I mean, what is the president, former president of the United States, talking like this? Uh, I'm going to be. Now, when it was originally Chiron, they said, I'm going to be. But he's talking in a certain way for certain audiences. And uh, I don't think that's right. I think he had a chance that he blew when he was president to talk to certain audiences in a very direct and candid and forthright way about problems within certain audiences, certain communities. And uh, he dodged it. He just kind of wants to roll and be cool. It looks like it to me. All right. What else? Take a look at this. The Dr. Fauci book, as you know, is in the works. We are very curious how much money he made on this book. We're very curious about how he found the time to write the book during the pandemic. We're also curious about why he downplayed uh, our concerns about that lab in Wuhan where this virus may have been developed on purpose. He's just finally now acknowledging that possibility. He was dismissing it, and so many were calling it a conspiracy theory. Not here. And we were hearing from responsible people that this was real more than a year ago. What did they do exactly? We're not totally sure, but it was very, very bad. One expert suspects that not only was this virus man-made, but might have been released on purpose. 
Hardly anyone now is buying the it came from a bat story at some exotic food market. 14 months ago. And yeah, they were criticizing us, saying all kinds of nasty things. We were hearing this from the experts, people who were unafraid of Dr. Fauci, who were unafraid of being criticized in the liberal press. We just wanted to find out the truth. And here's more truth. Dr. Fauci, during that critical time, when the country was closed down, was flirting in the office on company time with this woman, um, another worker there at the National Institute of Health, He'd a cur I'm sorry to do this, but part of the public record now, a curious interaction with her. Uh, let's go ahead and put it up on the screen. First from her, uh, they're going back and forth here. This is Tara Schwetz. Now you also have the answer to who would play you in a movie. This is a playful uh, go-round, and uh, he writes back, you could play the role in the movie of my medical school girlfriend, which would give you the possibility of working with Brad Pitt. I don't know. Even mentioning the girlfriend thing is um, to somebody who works with you is a lot young. I, uh, is that a little? I'm not saying it's me too city, but again, while the country was shut down, he was having a great time. He was famous, book deals, movie deals, they were all coming his way. Black lives do matter, not the way the Black Lives Movement says. They just care when a black life is taken by a white cop. The life of 19-year-old Makai Buckley mattered. He was shot and killed this past Tuesday in Hartford, Connecticut. It happened at 3.45 in the afternoon right outside of his house. Buckley had just finished his freshman year of college in Massachusetts where he played Division II football. He was the grandson of longtime local anti-violence activist Carl Hardwick. Three people are under arrest, suspects. We got Jacon Graham, Omari Barrett, and Tyrese Duckworth. Buckley's grandfather said violent crime is plaguing the community there. It's hard not to like Makai. Makai was a, a person that was very happy, a people person, knew everybody. We don't come together and solve these issues of violence in the community. That's a sickness. And the question is, how do we make it well? And we got to do that collectively together. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, indeed. Makai Buckley, just 19 years old killed in front of his house at 3.45 in the afternoon in Hartford, Connecticut. His life mattered. We'll be right back. Real heroes. Real conflict. Real threats. Real heart. Now there's a place America gets its news. No agenda. Just the facts. Newsmax. Real news for real people. I have to thank the people at Coca-Cola. Uh, because I used to drink that poison all the time, Diet Coke. This is just a random picture of one day somebody took. And look at all those things, Coke Zero, Diet Coke. I was consuming it all the time. But then Coke did something really weird. They got involved in politics. You know the Georgia voting law, which I have read all 90 or so pages? Totally reasonable, not discriminatory. But they did something really weird. They came out against it officially and said it violated their, uh, their norms, their feelings, something like that. Here's the CEO. Let me be crystal clear and unequivocal. Uh, this legislation is unacceptable. Uh, it is a step backwards, uh, and it does not 
uh, promote uh, principles we have stood for in Georgia. This legislation uh, is wrong uh, and needs to be remedied, and we will continue to advocate for it, uh, both in private uh, and now uh, even more clearly in public. So again, <laughs> now that they've made this decision, I have chosen not to drink their product. Uh, it was never really good for me anyway. What are they doing involving themselves like this? And there are folks around the country who are really reevaluating their relationship with Coca-Cola. Uh, in Surrey County, North Carolina, they have decided to uh, ban Coca-Cola machines over their corporate wokeness. I'd like to bring in Eddie Harris. He is the county commissioner there. And, sir, welcome to Newsmax, first of all. How are you? I'm doing well, Greg. Thank you very much for having me on your show. So you tell me. I told you my little odyssey. Uh, how did this come about? Well, it's several components to this. Uh, actually, I think it grew out of the chaos that transpired during the last election. And also, um, it appears that Coca-Cola was out front on this, uh, exhibiting their wokeness to the American people and meddling in uh, the state of Georgia's elections. And uh, I think it's wrong on a lot of levels. And uh, I think America's tired of uh, big corporations colluding with the uh, national news media and, uh, and the left wing in America uh, to affect public policy. How many uh, vending machines are we talking about in Surrey County? Well, actually, we, we don't have but a dozen machines in Surrey County, <laughs> for sure, not many. Okay, so it's a symbolic move you're making, right? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, it seems to have gotten uh, quite a bit of media publicity, but uh, and it has garnered a lot of attention. Um, and you know what? Uh, Americans need to have uh, faith and uh, in their election, in electoral process in our country. They need to know that their elections are going to be secure, and they're going to be safe, and they're going to be fair. And uh, it is the most sacred right that we have in this country. And for that reason, uh, I brought this to the board because it does affect us in Surrey County. It affects our whole country, uh, our electoral yeah. process. Uh, I understand. And of course, this is, would be limited to county buildings and that kind of thing. And I appreciate your candor. There aren't all that many, but this did capture the imagination and the attention of a lot of folks. And Coca-Cola has been up to more than just uh, meddling or offering their opinion on legislation. How about their corporate wokeness training? Uh, they had a third party come in and train many of their employees. These slides were uncovered from their presentation, confronting racism, understanding what it means to be white, challenging what it means to be racist. And then the next slide is... Uh, Really disturbing. To be less white is to be less oppressive, less arrogant, be less certain, be less defensive, be less ignorant. Who the hell is making these assumptions? Uh, Coca-Cola is, uh, from the comments of the CEO, now trying to impose this ideology on others, it seems. Well, that sort of bigotry has no place in corporate America, and it has no place in our country. And you know what, Greg? It seems in America today that there seems to be an intense racial component to everything that, that happens in public policy, in public education. It is just invading everything that's in our country, and it is simply not healthy. Most Americans have moved past race, and they believe in the rule of law, and they believe in, uh, in the justice system and, and the ability of the justice system to work fairly. 
And I don't know what why Coca-Cola is is participating in this. It, it flies in the face of of uh, of what we are as a country. Uh, yeah. I mean, we should be judged by the content of our character instead of the color of our skin. Well. Surrey County might be saying no to uh, Coca-Cola, the county government. I have a feeling the federal government under Joe Biden is going to be a bit more receptive to their uh, corporate virtue signaling. Take a look at Joe Biden, how he's describing race relations and what's happening in America today. I'm convinced that we'll be able to stop this because it is the most pernicious thing. This makes Jim Crow look like Jim Eagle. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in, in Georgia. It's a ridiculous uh, assessment on his part. Voter ID, <laughs> there are actually even more days to vote. It's nonsense what he's talking I don't know if he's being deceptive or if uh, somebody just told him to say this stuff. If he knows, what's your opinion on that? I'd like to know. Well, you know, he's just uh, following the mob and uh, throwing, uh, throwing a bone out there to the mob. Look. You know, Mr. Quincy's the CEO of Coca-Cola, and, and, and he should be looking after the shareholders of Coca-Cola. And if, and if you will check, the UK, I believe he's a citizen of the United Kingdom, and the United Kingdom just passed the Election Integrity Act that is going to implement in the year 2023 voter ID throughout right. England. Yep. Northern Ireland already has it. And, and Joe Biden is playing to these people and, and Joe Biden's home state, Delaware, has more repressive voter laws than the state of Georgia. Yeah, no, we, <laughs> it is amazing. Well, Eddie Harris uh, from Surrey County, one of the commissioners there, we appreciate it very much. And I'll say there is a big upside. I feel so much better since I stopped drinking Coke. <laughs> Again, I was addicted to this stuff. Hey, I'm not calling for anything. You make your own decision about Coke, but I just feel a lot better now that I dropped it. Uh, thank you, Eddie, and we'll be right back. If you've had it with the old news. And the same spent. Well, then Spicer & Company's your place. For the inside story. And for the facts that you need to know. Well, we all know now more than ever that playing football can be really, really dangerous, especially on the brain. Head injuries, traumatic brain injuries, concussion, that can lead to long-term effects, very, very bad effects. Now, did you know that more than 2,000 NFL retirees have filed dementia claims, but fewer than 600 have received awards? This is from USA Today. The claims were subjected to something called race norming, it's a practice that assumes that black claimants start with lower cognitive function than whites and other non-blacks, which makes it harder to qualify for a payout. It seems uh, racist indeed, and it's a shock to a lot of people that this has been going on. I'd like to bring in two experts. Uh, once again, Burgess Owens, Republican congressman from Utah and former NFL player with the Jets and the Raiders. Welcome back, sir. Also, Jake Beckett, he's a former Army Ranger. He played for the New England Patriots for a number of years, and now we're hearing that the NFL will abandon this. That sounds great, but it's a shock that it actually exists to begin with. Gentlemen, welcome. Congressman Owens, first to you. I had never heard of this until recently. Is this something that a lot of folks have been talking about in the NFL community? 
No, this is all new uh, for me, too. It's something that, actually, I'm not surprised because I understand the mindset of this NFL. Uh, th these guys, uh, and, and you look at what's happened the last couple of years, how they're dealing with uh, these whole issues of uh, this, this uh, the race thing is going on across the country. But, but let me just say this. I dealt with this and understood this when I came into the NFL uh, in 1973. At the time, uh, the, the blacks were not, they have no black quarterback, centers, free safety, middle linebackers. Those were the uh, white thinking positions. And uh, anybody who came in, a good quarterback would come in from college, they would put to a defensive back or, or, uh, or running back. That is, that is the true definition of, of racism. For us to have that in 2021 means somebody needs to be fired, my friends. Somebody needs to be fired. Uh, there's no reason for uh, any race to be looked at based on them, their color and how they think or the intelligence that they have. We dealt with that decades ago. For it to come back today means we have racist uh, and this white wokeness uh, 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 corporation to deal with it and get some of these people out of there, including the, the commissioner of, uh, of NFL, uh, yeah. Cordell. Yeah, because they've been virtue signaling big time recently very recently, and now it's uh, the wokest outfit in the world. Uh, Jake Beckett, you're with the New England Patriots, and thank you for your service, former Army Ranger. Your thoughts, please. Well, I think the congressman's exactly right. Sports, at its very best, is a meritocracy, where a man is judged not on the color of his skin, but on his performance. And the currency of sports is respect. It's not political correctness. And so it, it's shameful to see the NFL and these professional sports leagues be so wrong on both sides of this issue. So on the one hand, they've engaged in this woke corporate virtue signaling, as we've seen in the past year. And then on the other end of the spectrum, they've engaged in this shameful practice of race-norming data to mitigate damages in a lawsuit. So that hypocrisy is shameful, and it's not what sports represents to me, and it's not what sports represents to millions of Americans. Check it out. Roger Goodell, he makes more than I think any football player is making, even like Tom Brady. Let's go ahead and put up his salary. Uh, $40 million a year. How much of this is on him? Now, you mentioned I think someone needs to be fired, Congressman. Is it Roger Goodell? It's a big organization. Uh, how much of this do you think he knew or should have known? He should have known the whole thing. By the way, 90% of that is based on uh, incentives. So Roger Goodell has to uh, increase his salary, increase the volume, and that volume can only happen if he goes to China. So understand there's more to this than just, uh, just the fact that uh, he seems to be tone deaf. Uh, the guy deals with blacks uh, across the board. That's, I mean, the NFL right now is about 70 percent of black, uh, black Americans. For anyone today to be leading an organization like that, to come down and, un and, and, and put compensation in place based on skin color is a racist, period. And, and I, I'm just one of the, one of the things. One of the one of the, the the worst types of races that I grew up with, not not the ones that, that put it in your face who they were, is the ones who, who who smiled at your face, gave you a nice hug, uh, then stabbed you in the back, and then and then loved the fact that they'll see, see your demise. So that's what we're dealing with. These are people that smile in the face, and at the end of the day, they're doing damage to our race. Not only here, but every summer, as you see black business burn down, these are the people that support those organizations that burn them down. So it's across the board, and we need to look at who they are and, and get rid of them. You know, for a while, he was, Roger Goodell and NFL management, they were resistant uh, when players like uh, Colin Kaepernick knelt before the flag. Now they've gone, it looks like, entirely in another direction. I've seen the Black Lives Matter logo on the field, and, uh, you know, this guy would now be <laughs> a captain of a team, Colin Kaepernick, instead of being shunned. Um, Jake, you were in the NFL not too long ago. 
Tell us a little bit about the culture then and the culture now. Well, it's amazing, Greg, how things have changed so quickly. This was not a part of the NFL that I grew up in. It was not a part of the NFL that I participated in, certainly not in college sports. And so you're exactly right. It is ridiculous to see the NFL engage in this shameless hypocrisy where, on the one hand, you're right, they're joining hands with people like Colin Kaepernick, who disgraced the American flag, take a knee, disgrace our military, uh, you know, show nothing but shame for this great country. And on the other hand, behind closed doors in the court of law, they're, they're perfectly fine to engage in this practice of race norming, which is absolutely ridiculous and insulting in order to mitigate their damages in a lawsuit against former players. So the, the hypocrisy is shameful, and it's, it's something where there, there needs to be consequences. Gentlemen, this is a movie that I did not see, and uh, I regret it, but I saw the trailer today. I remember when it came out. It's called Concussion with Will Smith, and I'd like to show you a portion of the trailer. Repetitive head trauma chokes the brain. The NFL does not want to talk to you. You turned on the lights and gave their biggest boogeyman a name. You're going to war with a corporation that owns a day of the week. No proof was presented today because there simply isn't any. They have to listen to us. This is bigger than they are. What do you think they're doing to you now? That's nothing. You have no idea how bad this could get. I have to keep going. They want you to say you made it all up. If they continue to deny my work, men continue to die. It looks terrific. I'm sorry I missed it. I'll watch it this weekend. Uh, Congressman Burgess, is there anything, Congress, I'm, I, I'm sorry, Congressman Owens, is there anything that's being considered right now that you can do uh, in Congress? Well, I, I tell you what I'm looking forward to, and I've said this from the very beginning, I would love to, to be in, in a majority so we can bring these people in front of us. Uh, they, these, this, these organizations, these woke organizations, understand that they're not only disloyal to the, the people who trust them, they're disloyal to our country, they're disloyal to the fans. They have right now a desire that's globalist. Their desire very simply is to make as much money as they can, anywhere they can. And that same guy, Kofinick, who's a Marxist, is now the name brand uh, for the NFL and Nike in China. Of course, that's where they want to make sure that they make all their money because they have a much bigger base there. Now, at, at this, this is a good thing that's coming out of this is we're beginning to understand there are people who are not loyal to this nation. I would stand on the sideline getting teary-eyed watching that flag. And now we're teaching our kids, our young people, to hate our country, to hate each other, to hate our culture, to hate our history. And we cannot grow as a nation and to survive and, and give the American dream to those who believe that way. So we need to get rid of these people who are the worst of our country. They hate our country. They hate it. They, they, they help, they, turning people against each other. We can't let that happen. Congressman Burgess Owens, Republican of Utah, thank you very much. And Jake Beckett, former player on the Patriots, former Army Ranger, very quickly, what are the chances of you, Jake, joining uh, Burgess Owens in Congress? Uh, got a feeling that possibly politics might be in your future. Ever thought about it? Well, I'd be proud to stand with a, a great American patriot like Congressman Owens. Uh, I was proud to, to stand with many of my former teammates in, in college and pro football and many of my brothers in arms. Uh, in the military of all races and all backgrounds, and look, I, we, we, we're up in a we're in a tough spot in our country right now. We need better leadership. And I'm glad Congressman Owens is out there fighting the fight. All right, well, I'll take that as a maybe. <laughs> I, hope, I, I hope I hope Jake will join us. Believe me, all You're right, good, good addition. It would be terrific. Uh, thank you, gentlemen, very very much. To be continued, and we'll be right back. This should be illegal. Facebook is keeping President Trump off of its platform until at least January of 2023. 
Given the gravity of the circumstances that led to Mr. Trump's suspension, we believe his actions constituted a severe violation of our rules, which merit the highest penalty available under the new enforcement protocols. Give me a break. At the end of this period, we will look to experts to assess whether the risk is to the public has receded. Public safety has receded. Yeah, these guys. If we determine that there is still a serious risk to the public safety, we will extend the risk. Even this language is offensive. For a set period of time, I continue to reevaluate until that risk has receded. Give me a break. This is politics. This is a liberal group, and they're trying to skew the next election. That's how I feel. What about the experts? Doug Weed, presidential historian, former advisor to George H.W. Bush, and Craig Shirley, presidential historian, Reagan biographer, some great books. Gentlemen, what do we think here? I am, I am outraged. Doug, first to you. Yeah, they, they, they not only want to shut him up, they want to put him in jail. Uh, this is very close to Putin uh, killing, murdering his political opponents. We do it our way through the media and big tech and through the courts, through prosecutors. This is really scary. Uh, they hate him. They hate what he did for African-Americans in this country that they promised but never were able to do themselves. They hate him for energy independence, for reforming NATO, for rebuilding the economy. Mostly they hate him because he got the vaccine in record time, a Manhattan-style project. So they've got to stop him from running again. Mm -hmm. He was the greatest one-term president we've seen in ages. So that's my take. Uh, Trump fired back. President Trump fired back in a big way. Let's put that statement as we go to you, Craig. Facebook's ruling is an insult to the record-setting 75 million people, plus many others who voted for us in the 2020 rigged presidential election. They shouldn't be allowed to get away with this censoring and silencing. And ultimately, we will win. Our country can't take this abuse anymore. I totally agree. A private company should not have this kind of authority, and I hope there's a way uh, legally somehow to correct this. Craig. There is, you're right, Greg. There is a way legally. It's called the Sherman Antitrust Act, and it's been on the books for over 100 years in our uh, uh, system of government. Uh, the government has stepped in before when a corporation got too big and too, too oppressive and shut them down, whether it was aluminum companies uh, after World War II or auto, big, the big three or uh, oil companies, what have you. But Facebook clearly is too big for its britches. It needs to be broken up under the Sherman Antitrust Act. Uh, because it's clearly a violation of, uh, of uh, the bigness that uh, is evident in, in America today. Yeah, Facebook is so big right now. Look, imagine if Con Edison, Thomas Edison, he invented the light bulb. Imagine if he had it so that he would only give electricity, only give a light bulb to people he agreed with politically. That, I think, is actually a pretty apt analogy, and I yes. don't like this situation at all. No, no, you shouldn't like the situation at all. Imagine, you know, if you will, somebody invents something and then they hold the patent on it and they, they regulate its usage to allow some people to own it and some people not to own it, whether it's electricity or the use of water or use of cars or what or highways or whatever, right. is that right. there is common sense must prevail here. And common sense dictates, tells us that Facebook is too big and too, too oppressive. This is a political decision, nothing else. They have plenty of uh, customers on their site who, uh, who have engaged in political discussion before, who haven't been banned. Uh, so the statement is, is outrageous. It's just outrageous. And the idea that he incited 
anything on January 6th is also, in my opinion, outrageous. Hey, we got to talk about tomorrow, I believe, is the anniversary of D-Day. And yes. that's pretty amazing. And by the way, the uh, subject of your, well, you worked for George H.W. Bush, uh, of course, a, a very famous veteran of World War II. Um, tomorrow, I'm not expecting any big commemoration. I know there was one on the 50th, maybe one. Uh, but Doug, what are you expecting? Well, maybe Kamala Harris will say, have a good weekend. <laughs> Happy but, Friday, uh, everybody. Happy Saturday. <laughs> what right. troubles me is that uh, the young people don't know about this history. Uh, oh, okay. the, the young people in South Korea don't know about the Korean War and the Americans who lost their lives trying to bring them freedom. And my wife's French when they had the 75th anniversary of D-Day, there were all these movies on television about it in France, and the young people of France were stunned. What's this? They didn't know that Americans and English had died and bled on the beaches of France to bring them liberty. So it's a shame that we've lost the history. Well, they can at least watch Saving Private Ryan if they don't want to read any books about it, which is an amazing... Uh, well, the first 20 minutes are pretty amazing. Then it gets a little cheesy in my book and somewhat unrealistic. <laughs> but uh, all right, gentlemen, hey, I do think I got one, two things here. Donald Trump, uh, going back to the Facebook issue for a moment, he's very funny. He uses humor like nobody else. And there's Zuckerberg in the Oval Office with Donald Trump. And Donald Trump put this out today about that meeting and what might happen in the second Trump presidency. Next time I'm in the White House, there will be no more dinners at his request with Mark Zuckerberg and his wife. It will be all business. I love that, Greg. He's um, I do think he's coming back. I think he wants to. I think he wants to, too. Look, the, the, at the present time, the Republican Party is Donald Trump's, like it or not. And if he runs, he will most likely be the nominee. Yeah. And you've got to give him at least a 50-50 chance of defeating Joe Biden in uh, the next presidential election. All right, Craig, Doug, I have to leave it there. But as we go to break, that picture reminded me of something. Can I see it one more time? There's Donald Trump with Mark Zuckerberg in the Oval Office. Look at the way Mark's looking at him. Mm, I don't know if I like this man. He talks a little bit <laughs> like that. And then next, when he saw Obama, look at them. They're going off for a bros weekend somewhere. Hey. <laughs> anyway, you can tell. You can tell. There it is. That's all you need to know. It's all there. The bias. Uh, thank you, gentlemen. And we'll be right back. So tomorrow night, President Trump, a big speech from him. We haven't heard from him in that kind of form since, uh, what, CPAC a couple of months ago. This should be great. Addressed to the North Carolina GOP convention, Greenville, North Carolina. Our live coverage begins uh, tomorrow night at 6 o'clock Eastern. Now, here's the deal. The speech starts sometime around 7 o'clock, you know, plus or minus. But if you go ahead and text speech to 39747, we'll let you know exactly when it's going to start. All right? It's a pretty good deal. Speech to 39747. And we'll see you tomorrow night. No, I'm sorry. I'll see you Monday. Have a great weekend.